gonna let it rock. Just for a little bit. I'm much calmer today. Just to let you know. I feel good. I feel blessed. I feel happy. Comfortable in my own skin. My black skin. Very much proud. And I thank God for who I am. What I am. And what I've become. I know a lot of people won't agree with that. And they don't have to. I know a lot of people that don't respect that. My beliefs don't require them to. All I know is that I exist. And my existence is contingent upon me talking and speaking. I gotta speak up. I have to be outspoken. I have to be a person that's out in the world letting people know and doubling down on my awareness. Let's be clear. I sound emotional on my last podcast, but I'm, my mind is clear right now. So I can, I, I can get into my knowledge. I can teach some things to some people that seem to be unaware and seem to continue to want to be unaware, which is fine. But at the end of the day, your ignorance can only go so far. And your blindness to your ignorance can only go so far when you're going to have to realize that you're going to have to brighten your your horizons about some things that are going on in the world that you live in. And when it's made your problem, then you're going to have to strategically think about your ideologies and your ideals. And you're going to have to formulate a plan in how you're going to assess the situation that you live in. You're going to have to assess the things that are going on around you. You're going to have to evaluate the way that you think. Because at the end of the day, no matter whether you live in America or live anywhere else, you'll have to figure out how you are going to be able to cope with a society that may not be equal for you. That may not be equal for the people that you live around, your neighbors. The people that you find yourself befriending, your acquaintances, your colleagues. Because at the end of the day, when people go around and they try to to claim a blind eye to all of the things that are going on, but then also seemingly have an opinion on it as well. One, you're hypocritical. Two, you can't have a blind eye to something, but then also have an opinion to it. You know what I mean? You can't sit there and say, don't go loot and don't go riot. Be peaceful and we'll listen to you. But then at the same time, not understand why people are doing these things after going through the procedures of being peaceful, after going through the the opportunities to remain in a place and in a state of calmness. And then when calamity happens, now we're in a place where we've been pushed against the wall and this is what we're left to do until we're heard. And if you notice, now people are felt to, now they're they're meant to deal with it now because now it's in their backyard. Now it has been, it has been blown up to the point where now people have to discuss it. 
It's not just police brutality. It's not just racism. It's talking about the livelihood of a group that people have downplayed for decades, for years, for lineages, for generations. And now we're in a generation and in a place where people can talk about it. And now we're in a place where people can debate about it. Now we're in a place where you have to listen to our, our opinion. And when you do, you have to make sure that whatever opinions you have and whatever stance you take, you got to hold true to it. And that's it. Holding true to what you believe in. That's the thing about doubling down. Um, and unfortunately, <laughs> I'm doubling down. So uh, that's where we're at, people. Um, I can't, I can't begin to understand how we went from point A, which was we all observed, the whole world observed a man be killed and recorded being killed by police. And then we get to point Z. You see, I skipped that because typically the alphabet goes from A to B, not A to Z. And we get to point Z. And people are like, hey, you're rioting and you're looting is not going to solve the problem. And we would listen if you were more peaceful, if you took a peaceful approach. I'm tired of hearing that, honestly. Sounds stupid because nobody jumped on the fact that a black man died for no reason. But we automatically jump on, hey, they're looting. You know what that tells me? That lets me know everything that I need to know about the American society. When there is a gray area that everybody seemingly wants to be taboo about, they find the next best thing to jump on in order to combat the reality and the truth of what's actually going on. So in everybody's mind, and those that seemingly feel privileged, in their mind, yeah, a black person died, but we shouldn't be looting and doing all of this. Have you noticed when you talk to people? I don't know if a lot of people, uh, I know everybody has a social media. If you noticed what the stance is, it's no longer about police brutality and it's no longer about racism and it's no longer about the eradication of black people in um, American society and all across the world as it's been for hundreds of years. It's no longer about that. Now it's about rioting and looting, right? It's about people going out and protesting now. It's like, <clears throat> it's like people look at the cover of a book 
and then jump right to the end of the book and then try to formulate an opinion based on what the end is saying, not why it got to that point. I'm seeing it. People are in my in my comments. People are in, you know, comments of other people. People are passive aggressively sending memes and sending messages subliminally to try to take a stance. This is my thing. If you're going to take the stance, then you better be prepared to double down on it. Period. So I took the stance that I agree wholeheartedly with people protesting, rioting, looting because they have been left with no other option in regards to being heard because they have taken every single measure and been told it doesn't matter. Society, the general scheme of media has told us it doesn't matter. Oh, this black person got killed by these police officers or this black person got killed by this racist person or these black people or these groups of black people have been being eradicated for years and years to come secretly and yet nobody is talking about it. Colin Kaepernick, Colin Kaepernick excuse me, took a knee. He got chastised and got criticized for doing that to try to bring awareness to something that was peaceful. Right. Martin Luther King. Marches talking to the people. He got assassinated. And then you have Malcolm X, because that's what people don't talk about is. We're talking about peace versus versus war. We're talking about peace versus chaos. And at the end of the day, what people fail to mention and what people fail to realize in this world, when we're talking about a revolution, when we're talking about finding a way to stronghold and break a system to eradicate the things that have been working for only the few and altering that system to where it works for the many and for everybody equally. You don't get Martin Luther King without Malcolm X. And what I'm saying is there's going to be peaceful things that you can do to make change. But then there's also things where if we're not being heard in our peacefulness and we're not being heard in our submissiveness to generally trying to work within the system, then we have to come out of the box and break the system. We have to come out of that box and show you something different. And the world not just in America, the world right now is showing you something different. And now people 
are in arms because it's not quote unquote the peaceful thing that they can do because now because it's not as peaceful as what it looks like now people have to deal with it right rich people white people government people that are racist people that are privileged people that didn't care before people that were that didn't want to talk about it now they have to deal with it so that's why it is where we're at right now and like i said i'm here to double down like let's be clear on that i'm here to double down on everything i said last podcast i'm here for it and that's it i'm i'm here for the double down and like i said before I'm like, if you're not here to understand, if you're not here to empathize, if you're not here to even have a semblance of of thinking outside of your box and kind of seeing the perspective of what people are talking about, what black people are trying to strive for in all of these protests, what the people are saying out there in the world, then honestly... You have always been and always will be a person that is okay with the system only working for the few and not accounting for the people that are struggling and feeling the pressure of it. And that's it. And that has to be understood by everybody, not just those who benefit from the system. Obviously, the systematic oppression obviously has been something that has been around forever. And if you want to and if you really want to get technical and you really want to get back into your history. That's really what it is. That that's honestly what it is. It is a nation that is trying to decolorize. The culture of the people in it so that the 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 superior culture which would be i guess white culture or european culture or whatever the case may be to only exist for those who look like and act like and have privilege like those that work for the system, that work in the system, that can thrive in the system. And nobody wants to talk about it. What what makes me what makes the aesthetics of the gray area so so unique, so beautiful, yet so uncharted is that black let me give you guys like an art lesson black mixed with any color creates a shade of that color white mixed with any color makes a hue right when you combined black and white together you obviously get gray right 
That's the opinions you're looking at right now. You're looking at a world of people who have a bunch of opinions and ideologies and theories and um, and stances on things, right? That are either black or white. And I'm not saying that as the the racial point of representation for black and white people. I'm saying that as people who see it one way and who and people who see it the other way on polar sides on polar opposite sides of the spectrum when we're talking about the color scheme and when we're talking about opinions and when we're talking about people not having an emphasis on being able to broaden their horizons to know that your opinion regardless of what side it's on you still have to understand the middle ground you still have to understand and empathize with what the middle ground is saying. You still have to be knowledgeable and acknowledge what's in the middle. What's the commonality between the two? Gray, the gray area is the commonality between the two. And I preface that with one, no. Police brutality is a terrible thing. Yes, it is. But no, do I believe do I believe every police officer is out to kill black people? No, I do not believe that. Do I believe that the system in which police officers and um, and how they police certain races and how they, you know, govern certain systems that work in their favor in order for these things to come about and black people seem to be subject like subjugated to more killings, more, more arrests, more imprisonment based on that system that has created this subgroup of people placed in power who have the benefit of the doubt to rationalize a reason why black people die, why black people get beat up, why black people get hurt, beat by these people and rationalize it with Oh, they were be they were being unruly. They were being defiant. They were resisting arrest. They were doing nothing. They were unarmed. They were just looking at me. They were complying. Do I believe that there are police officers despite whatever black people do? They are there to hurt them and to potentially kill them? Yeah, I believe there's some police officers out there that do that that have the every intention of doing that. I do believe that. But do I believe every cop and every police that's out there that's part of the force is like that? No. But then it also comes with how police officers are placed in like specific positions in different places. What's funny is when I lived in the hood and I and I lived in certain streets, I never ever I never seen black police officers policing the black neighborhood. I always seen white police officers policing a black neighborhood. Why is that? That's a question I'm throwing out there to you guys. Why is that? 
when things happen to police officers, they galvanize to ensure that their people, and I'm talking about police officers as a group and as a um, and as a group of people who have a commonality in the profession that they take on. When something happens to a police officer, they galvanize to make sure that they're safe and that people ensure their safety. But when something happens to black people and we galvanize and we get people to join our cause, now we're looked at as, what, what, what did President Trump say? He said, thugs, right? Because he wasn't alluding to rioters being that. He was alluding to ultimately black people who were out and about protesting and galvanizing as thugs, right? Because they're protesting something that has been happening in our society forever. And now we have a platform for it. And now we have people who are willing to stand with us. And now we're taking a stance on it. And now we're not being passive aggressive about it. So now when we do the same thing that another group who have a commonality, they're looked at as heroes and we're looked at as thugs. It's crazy, right? Also think about, think about the KKK when they have their rallies and they're marching and they're doing their thing, right? Police don't go and stop them from doing that, right? Because it's quote unquote, a peaceful march, right? Police don't stop them. Police are actually there to protect them. Which the KKK is founded on their hatred and on their racism of other races. Yet, why do they get why do they get the privilege of having police escorts and police out and about right there to allow them to ultimately do what protesters are doing now? And then tell me that that's not privilege. A group of white people who have founded a group based on their commonality of hating other races and protesting in the streets amongst other races and other people and they have the protection of the police a subgroup that falls into the system of people who are protected how does that work how is it that police can attack black people for their cause of people getting killed Yet KKK has been infamous for the things that they do 
to black people and to other races just based on the simple color of their skin. They have the protection of the system and the system goes against us when we're seemingly do, doing the same thing, protesting something. But our protest is not theirs. They're protesting hate. We're protesting awareness for our group of people, for black people who are being killed. They're protesting, I hate these people. And if I could, I would do this to these people, right? Do we not see the, the, the hypocrisy in that? Do we not? I've never understood it. And I want somebody to explain it to me. And really explain it to me to where it makes sense. Because I've never understood that. So you're telling me in a world where people are supposedly equal that one protest can happen and have all of the protection and support of ultimately the the local agencies and the local you know authorities to keep it peaceful but if we're protesting in peace it's not okay that's funny honestly that like makes me it, it makes me laugh because then it's like now when we're talking to people about rioting and looting. And I keep saying this because I'm really being like condescending when I'm saying this, because that's how people like talk to me. Like all of the responses that I've gotten from people and the things that I've been saying over social media about black people and what's going on and what I'm trying to bring awareness to and what other people are trying to bring awareness to. That is their first argument. That's the first thing that they go to. And that lets me know you're not ready for this conversation. You're still playing. You're still playing the board as white and black. But when we're talking about black people dying, that's the gray area. Because there's an explanation for it. There's a why to it. And that's the part that I want people to get to. Think about it. African-Americans are more than likely to fatally get shot by police, to fatally be killed, fatally get murdered by police. Why is that? That's the gray area, right? And there's a plethora of different reasons. Nobody wants to talk about those reasons. There, there's all kinds of different reasons for it. And if you look at it, and if you really, really do your research, think about how many black people in the world. Think about the percentage of black people that make up our population. 15% more or less of the population are African Americans. 15%. That is a very, very small number of people, black people in the world. And yet we die at a very alarming rates every single year. Think about it. 
there's about 14 to 15% of black people that make up the whole entire population. Why is it that over 23% of black people are fatally shot by police? Why is that? Only 15, 14 to 15% of black people exist in the entire in the entire population of the US 14% but 23% are fatally shot by police almost one fourth of incidences happen with black people that's not even accounting for them that's accounting for them dying that's not even accounting for being beat up that's not even accounting for any type of brutality that's coming from police officers. And that's not accounting for all of the things that happen to black people when we're amongst the police. Right? Go even further. Think about imprisonment. There are more African Americans imprisoned than there are white people in prison. The population is 14% African-American in the United States. 14%. 14%. Right? And they almost represent, so over 30% of prisons are capacitated with black people. One third of the prison system is capacitated with black people. So so what are these statistics telling you? What are they telling you? That if I'm looking on one side of the spectrum, oh, well, they're in prison because they do bad things, right? Maybe. Maybe not. That's the gray area. Define what is bad and define what could land a black man in prison. That's another statistic we don't talk about. All the black men and women who be in prison unlawfully. That be serving a term when they're innocent. Why does that happen? That's another gray area nobody talks about. While you guys are talking about while you guys are talking about rioting and looting. Now I'm talking about why are these things happening? Why do African Americans make up one third of the prison population? Why are African-Americans being killed at a percentage more than the population that exists in the United States by police? Why are innocent black men going to prison and, and holding prison terms that exceed most of their lives and be innocent? And then you tell me how the system 
is not is not making black people succumb to a reality where no matter what happens, we're going to end up in one of those categories. I'm going to end up in prison for something I didn't do. I'm going to end up shot and dead or killed by a police officer, even in my compliance. I'm going to end up in prison for some of the things that other people do, but I may hold I may be in there for a longer term because I'm black, right? Nobody talks about this stuff. Right? But if we're going to bring awareness to the civility that everybody else is having when they go out and about in the world, then why is our civility different? And why is it that we live in fear of these things happening to us and nobody else has to? Those are some questions. I'm asking these questions. I'm going to ask a bunch of questions because I'm tired I'm absolutely tired of the ignorance out in the world. There's some dumbass people in the world, honestly. Like, when you're thinking about how you forge an existence, you have to you have to relatively think what things could possibly happen in a worst case scenario. And I'm thinking for most black people now, if I get pulled over by the police, worst case scenario, I'm not going to get a ticket. I'm not going to get arrested. Worst case scenario, I might die. Because I never know the intentions of man. I never know the perception of man. And that's what people do not account for. I could go walking out and about in my neighborhood and I can go out walking about in my city. I don't know the intentions of those I come across. I don't know if they're racist. I don't know if they dislike me. I don't know if they want to discriminate against me. I don't know if they want to call the police on me just because I'm black and I'm walking out and about in, in the world that I share with the people that are around me. Why is that? Why is that that black people seemingly become the scapegoat, the scapegoat for all of the bad and negative things that impact the American culture? Why do black people and why is the perception of black people looked at as seemingly a threat. I'm trying to figure out why. This is the gray area I talk about. Black and white do not exist seemingly as individuals because they can be mixed. And if you mix them, then you come up with questions and you come up with the true and clear, explicit reality that we live in. I shouldn't die, nor should anybody else die at that matter, 
at the hands of somebody who is a civil servant who's supposed to serve and protect us. You can't serve and protect if you're killing. And like I said before, and I'll say it again. Honestly, I mean, even if I didn't say it again and you got offended, I wouldn't give a I wouldn't care. All cops, not bad cops. But at the end of the day, if you are somebody who has put it into your brain and have ideologies that are moral. And you know people and understand that there are people out there, regardless of what your profession is, it could be police, teacher, anything else. If there are people out there that you know that are racist and have the audacity to do things that would harm another human being, you have a moral obligation to step in because it's not the moral obligation of the simple action and stepping in. It's the obligation of understanding that your rationale is better suited than the irrational thoughts and actions of the people around you. And that's heavy. And I want people to really understand that. When you are a spectator to something, that means you have time to process and rationalize what's going on and taking a stance on it. I would never ever let anybody that I'm around, stranger, friend, acquaintance, doesn't matter, be harmed by another human being regardless of what they've done. Because my moral compass lets me know that life is sacred, life is fragile. And we see it. And if you don't understand that sentiment, then there's nothing really else that I can discuss with that person. It doesn't matter what race you are. Everybody understands the, the fragility of life as a whole. We can be here one day and we can be dead the next in an instant. But that, but that fragility to life shouldn't be on the contingency of my life being lost because of my race and because of who I am and who I was born into. You're born into your color. You can't decide that when you're born. You are who you are. I'm black because I was born to be black. I was meant to be black. I was meant to be this way. Just as whatever other race is out there, you're meant to be that.
and that has to be understood. We have to stop. We have to stop with the bullshit, man. Honestly, we have to stop getting mad at people for doing something that they believe in. Everybody's entitled to their opinion. But like I said, like I said before, you don't get Martin Luther King. You don't get the peaceful acts and the peaceful action and the peaceful marchings without Malcolm X. I'm sorry, you don't. Because at the end of the day, things are going to progress. And if you're not hearing me one way, you're definitely going to hear me another way. And that's it. You have provoked a group of people who have been against the wall for, for years, for hundreds of years. Now, we live in a generation with a generation of people who are not fearful for the things that they do. They're not fearful of a system that doesn't work for them. If the system doesn't work for you, then why should I work for it? Placing your diligence in a place that begets no no, re no resolution, no solution, no answer. Is like doing a problem to get a good grade or doing a test to get a good grade, knowing you will never figure out the answer. Regardless of what the world is telling you that you could pass, you'll never pass. That's how black people feel in the world. We feel deflated. We feel like no matter how good of people we are, no matter how peaceful of people we are, no matter how much goodwill we put into the world, no matter how many great things we do in the world, no matter how much impact we create in the world, no matter how much things we exude in positivity and optimism, People are just going to look at us as niggas, trifling, slave-ridden, lazy-ass niggas. That's how people, that's the perception. When we're talking about the system, I'm not talking about individuals. We're talking about a system. That's what they look at us as. And it really dates back to slavery. I can't like I hate to be the person that that seemingly is blaming slavery for how society is today. But honestly, <laughs> you can't shy away from it. You can't. And when people are talking about rioting and looting. I'm going to keep saying it like this. I'm like, I'm going to keep saying it as a snide comment because that is the argument that people are bringing up right now. But if you want to take it back, if you really want to get historic about it, 
I'm like, think about the Europeans when they came over to Africa and to Asia. White people, European people, in history, what do they call it? They don't call it pillaging and plundering. What do they call it? They call it colonization. Such a such a pretty neat fluffy word for the things that they were doing to the people that lived and resided in those countries. Right? We're not here to 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 do anything to the people. We're here to colonize, right? We're just looking for other places to place our people. They tried to make it so neat. But when black people do it, when we protest, when we're outraged, and we go and do whatever we're doing, why does it look different? Why is the words and the word choices different? Because ultimately, that's what Europeans did. They were rioting. And they were looting, they were pillaging, and they were plundering the people. They were taking people as slaves. They were killing people. And yet, in my mentions and in my comments, people are telling me about why, why are people rioting and why are people looting? Is not America founded on that very thing? Is that not why most of us exist here? My ancestry came here because of slavery? And that's the crazy part about it. The crazy part about it, the kicker to all of that, is that Nobody ever asked for those people to bring us over, not speaking a language, bring us over in boats, putting us under there, torturing us. Africans dying even before they made it, made the trip over to America, being sold as property. Selling a human, selling a living, breathing human as property to another living, breathing human to be told you're not human. You are essentially, you're not even, you're not even, a, you're not even better than a pet. You don't even equate to a pet. Those black people, right? Essentially all of those things happening. And now in 2020, as you seemingly see black people being picked off and killed, who seemingly weren't placed here by themselves, now they're trying to kill us. 
Oh, they didn't die out when slavery was around. Oh, they didn't die out when we let them free and ultimately had nothing to their names and nothing to do, right? Up oh, the riots and all the other stuff, all the systematic um, injustice and all the systematic oppression hasn't killed them all yet. So let's try some things. Let's try some things. Let's try this policing thing. Let's try this government thing. Let's try this colonization thing. All these fancy little words and these nuances to ultimately get to the meat and potatoes of we just want to eradicate black people because they were never supposed to thrive in this society anyway. They were never supposed to make it after slavery, but they did. Oh, they were never supposed to make it free. And then they did. Oh, they were never supposed to be even remotely close to equitable or equal to anybody else. And yet we're striving for it. That's what the protest is about. It's about finding the commonality in which we all live. Black people want to live just like white people want to live in regards to consummating a life where they matter in it. That's what we want. I'm not asking to be rich. I'm not asking for the same privilege that white people get. I am asking to simply be able to leave my house and not have the rational fear of dying at the hands of a system that never wanted me to make it in the beginning anyway. That's what people need to understand. That's what we've been trying to get people to understand. All this marching and all this protesting, whether it be peaceful or whether it be antagonistic on the part of the people that are protesting. And like I said before, I'm, all, I'm for either or I'm for both. Let's be clear. I'm for either or or both. Whatever gets the point across. Because the point is not that people are rioting and looting. The point and the why, which is the most important thing of it all, black people shouldn't die in the streets by police officers. Black people shouldn't die in the streets because of racist people. Black people shouldn't die in general because of a system that oppresses us, that places pressure on the things and ultimately creates constructs in which we are supposed to not be able to endure, that we're not supposed to be able to get past, that places stipulations on the laws and the rules that specifically target black people, that target minority groups, that target disproportionate groups. They redline, 
I don't even know if people know about that. Let me put you up on game. They redlined specific places in, in cities to clump all of the minorities, to clump all of the impoverished and the poor, to clump all of the black people in these specific areas to say that you will never make it out of this area. You will never make it out of this system. And I will ensure it. The system created drugs to put in these communities where black people and minorities and disproportionate groups. So that was another level and another layer of things that they needed to get through in order to be where everybody else is, to have a semblance of a life that is decent, that is fair, that is equitable, a life where black people can make it. People don't understand anything and you never understand anything if you're just looking at the white or the black side. And like I said, those are not representations of white people and black people. Those are representations of the polar opposites and the polar opposite opinions that people have. You have to be able to mix it and see the gray and see the taboo and see the uncharted. And you have to explore it. Because if you're not a person of exploration in your fellow man and how things came to be, then you're the representation of people who are too ignorant to know that your life, your privilege, your the things that consummate your opportunity Black people don't get that same thing. May never get that same thing. And we're looking at it in action. This is a living testament to it. This revolution, this movement that you see happening right now. That's the why. That's the why. And I'll continue to say it for anybody that don't want to hear it or for everybody that needs to hear it. Understand your privilege. Understand your opportunities. Understand where you are at in life and understand that black people are fighting to get there too. People got to wake up got to start listening to the people that have been unheard for so long. We have to lend them our ears. We have to lend them our hearts. That's all black people are asking for. A platform to be heard. A nation trying to appear amicable while at the forefront of our abuse. I'm looked at as obtuse because I don't envision the blacker the berry having the sweeter juice. 
I'm more recluse in thinking the darker the skin, the tighter the noose. And that's the truth. They try to spruce up the propaganda for all lives matter, while black people dine in groups attempting to give the world an inside scoop on why black lives matter too. There's your proof. Racism running loose while police hunt us down like mercenary troops as I seemingly look back on history as the present completes the loop. The root of why my face droops is because I have I have to predicate to my boys the reason why people treat us like poop. It's because they realize we shoot the same basketball with the objective of making the same hoop. Nonetheless, we must hold strong even when it's disheartening. The few can be triumphant over many like the, the mighty Spartans, whether it's walking or marching with, hoodie, with hoodies on like Trayvon Martin. That's a shade from Brown. That's something that people need to look at. When people are speaking, whether it be through their actions, whether it be through their silent, sustained um, attitude, through their silence, through their outcry, through their outrage, we have to know that that's not in vain. There's a reason to it. There's a rationale to it. There's an objective. The objective is we want better for our people, not just black people. We want better for everybody. The system has been constructed in a way where it's only suiting and suitable for those who that for those who are at the top tier in our society. The opportunities for those people will always be in abundance because of the system that we live in. The oppressed will still suffer. Black people will still suffer until this system changes. You have to open up your eyes to that. Like I said before, your ignorance can only go so far. Turning a blind eye that can only go so far. You can only close your eyes to the reality that we live in for so long. Until that threat, until that that testament, until that testimony has to be heard. One way or another. And sometimes I wish that people could realize the gravity in which their privilege is exuded in a society where they can they have the opportunity to turn a blind eye black people don't have an opportunity to miss out on opportunities because once that opportunity is missed once that little peephole of hope is missed there is no way for us to get that back in the same manner that it in which it came the first time. Right now we're in a position where we have the opportunity to show the world who we are, what we are, and why we are. 
there is a beauty to that. And people have to understand that the beauty comes from the fact that now people have to hear us. They have to hear the testimony. They have to hearken back to the history. They have to question the system. They have to question themselves as people who associate with us, who associate with a culture that they delve into because they like it. Then they have to look back at some of their parents and those that came before them, the things that they were doing, because there's a commonality to it. We have to be able to condition our minds to understand that the plight, the ploy, and the ideals of black people are held in regards to the ideas, the rationale, and the hope that all people have to to be able to have the opportunity to hope to be able to make it, to be able to live amongst other people and not be judged based on who we are or what a system that has oppressed us for hundreds of years tells us what we are. Because we're not that. We are strong, we are powerful, but we're also forgiving, we're altruistic, and we only seek the same freedom that everybody else has an opportunity and a grasp on. That's all we're reaching for. We are reaching for an opportunity to stand in a place in which other people stand. It seems simplistic in, in the value that's placed on it, but the value is placed on it because we don't stand in the same places as those who are deemed as privileged. We don't stand to live complete and fulfilled lives as those who are in privilege or as those that are protected by the system. We don't stand to get the same equality and the same representation and the same quality of value that is deemed to be for our lives as those that are different from us. You see that in the, in the, in the conceptualization of police brutality, you see that in the rate in which we're imprisoned, you see that in the doubtfulness and the judgment and the condemnation 
of how we are looked at as people, as parents, as individuals, as pe professionals. You see it in every facet of life. So why is it not okay to protest? So why is it not okay to be mad and upset? Why is it not okay to relinquish our peace and to cause a ruckus? No. It's going to always be okay with me. It's going to be okay for anybody. Because if it's okay for for other people to do it, it's going to be okay for us to do it. And it's going to continue to be that way until something changes. Until something changes. The onset of this movement going on right now is showing you that someone, somebody has to start listening. That at this point in time, at this juncture in time, people have to start listening. And that's really what's at. However long it takes. And whenever it comes about. Whether it be in my lifetime. My children's lifetime or their children's lifetime. It will happen. Because the system. Can't come up with enough excuses as to why it. It works this way because the people are letting you know that it obviously doesn't. And our non-compliance in that is letting you know that it doesn't. Sometimes we have to relinquish. We have to relinquish our ignorance and our and our skewed ideology on matters of race, on matters of injustice, on matters of equity and equality. Because I think people out in the world have a very skewed conceptualization of those things. And I think once the stance has been taken, then we can start to recreate and formulate together what our world should really look like, what equality should really look like, what equity should really look like. And once that happens, then there's going to be no tolerance for police brutality.
There will be no tolerance for racism. There will be no tolerance for racist people, racist acts. There will be no tolerance for discrimination. There will be no tolerance for the stigma of stereotypes and how we group people together. And when that happens, when that happens, then we will find the true beauty, the true value, and the, and the essential aesthetics of individuals and of our humanity and our God-given existence. We'll find it. But until then, these things have to happen. These protests have to happen. The rioting, the, the outward speaking, this issue, we have to keep battling. We have to stay at war until there's change. And we have to stand still and hold our ground until we're able to make a breakthrough. And like I said, there is no pressure on black people to do this. There is no pressure whatsoever on black people doing this. The pressure falls on the people who endorse a system that doesn't work for us. The pressure falls on the people who haven't expanded their horizons and broadened their, and broadened their thinking when it comes to the equality and when it comes to race and when it comes to social injustice and when it comes to systematic oppression. The pressure falls on those people. The pressure falls on the government. The pressure falls on the, pre the president. It falls on the people who have the power, essentially, to change things. It doesn't fall on black people. Right now, we're in a game of tag. We just touched you. We just touched the system. You're it. So now it's your turn to run and figure out how we can make the system better. Chase after ideals that are going to be equitable for everybody. Eradicate the conception of division and separation amongst the people who all need the, the system to change. We need to be able to find camaraderie and love amongst all people. But we can't do that in a system that has been trying to divide us and keep us divided. 
that has tried to segregate us, that has tried to stifle our voices, that has made an attempt to suck the life out of the culture and out of the representation of the black person, the black man, the black culture. And I stand here for you today and tomorrow and however long that I breathe preaching this. I'm going to always advocate for my people, black people. I'm going to always advocate for my children, black, my black children. I'm going to always advocate for all minority groups, all that struggle, all that have, have been affected by the systematic oppression that that points them out as bad people, as bad apples. I'm going to always be an advocate and a resource for those people. There is nothing or anybody that can tell me not to be. There is nothing that you can do to me that will make me think differently. Because as much pain and struggle that I have seen in my life, there is nothing more powerful than using that fuel or using that pain and that struggle as fuel to counteract a system that doesn't work for me and doesn't work for anybody else. I want people to understand that I'm not angry with police. I'm angry at police brutality. I want people to understand that I'm not mad at white people. I'm angry that racism exists. I want people to understand that I'm not mad at the rich and the wealthy and the privileged. I'm mad at the systematic oppression that people seem to ignore when it comes to us. I want people to know that I'm not mad that my life and the perception of me as a black person may be skewed and may be negative. I'm not mad at that. I'm mad that people have come to talk to black people, know black people, befriend black people, marry black people, have relationships with black people, stand amongst black people, work with black people, and not have the audacity to speak up for us. So let's be clear on that. I don't hate anybody. 
I don't dislike any race or any culture. I'm simply I'm simply letting you know the things that have been upsetting and deflating to me, disheartening to me, disheartening to a lot of black people. I ultimately don't want to see anybody get hurt. I ultimately don't want to see a fellow black man or a fellow white man or a fellow Mexican Latino man or a fellow Middle Eastern person or a fellow Asian person get hurt in the stipulation of being a certain color, of being a certain race. Because I value humanity and I value the humanity of others and I value the culture of others because the American culture is ultimately founded in the essence of all cultures combined. You have no American culture without black culture, without Asian culture, without Latino and Mexican culture, without Middle Eastern culture and influence. You have no American culture without a, without the, the diversity of people who live here. So in knowing that, in expressing that, life should be valued even more so. And all black people are simply asking is that you value us as much as you value the things that we have contributed to this world, to this culture, to this country. And we ask that you don't allow us to die right in front of you at the hands of a system that wants us dead anyway. That's all we're asking. We're asking to be heard just like everybody else in their plea for equality. We're asking to be given a chance. We're asking to be given the same consideration that everybody else gets. We're asking to be given the, the, the point or giving the benefit of the doubt in regards to the people that we are. Because ultimately we're human. And there shouldn't be a hierarchy in regards to who life's, whose lives matter more. And ultimately it comes down to people understanding Blacks, black lives matter too. And there should be no hierarchy in that. That's just to simply say, when you consider the lives of others, consider us too. And that's it. And like I said, I've come to double down on it. And, you know, 
And, and to preface that is, like I said, if you don't mess with me, that's fine. It ultimately doesn't matter. That's subjective. My objective is to simply bring awareness. Bring awareness to racism. Awareness to police brutality amongst black people. Awareness to black people dying over the small things that they're dying over. Because ultimately, I want to reserve life so life can be made. Reserve the black man so the black man can live on just as any other race. That is my hope. And I hope and I pray that that sinks in for some people. And our value is just as rich and wealthy as the value of any other human, any other race. And that's, that's what I look at. That's why I speak to you today. It's not to sit here and to say or judge or to or to double down on any hate is to let you know what I'm looking for, what we are looking for. The system must change and it will change. And if we keep our foot on the pedal and we keep driving in the manner in which we, in which we are, we will get to that destination. And I just hope and pray that everybody else is ready to get there with us. Otherwise, they're going to find it very hard to navigate in a world where equality is supposed to be the norm. It's not supposed to be el it's not supposed to be elusive to black people and to the society we live in. So when we're talking black and white, always understand the gray, always understand the gray area. My name is Terrence Brown, and these are the Brownie Points.